Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast, what is an extension of Peaks and Valleys. In this space, we seek to share the table with storytellers and sinkers alike, hopefully and almost certainly over a great cup of coffee because we know that brings people to the table. We seek and want to see you flourish in your mental health journey. I'm your host, Jonathan Coggins. And I'm Kyle Ridgely, and I hope that this space is safe and inclusive for all. Welcome to the table. Hello, Peaks and Valleys, and welcome to the Pour Over Podcast. It's been a minute, guys, and if if you all listened to the most recent episode where it was just me, um, one of your hosts, Jonathan Coggins, um, I got married and went on my honeymoon. It was fantastic. We went to the Pacific Northwest. If you haven't been, highly recommend it, but I'm back. And today I'm back with my other host, Kyle Ridgely. What's up? Kyle, how are you doing on this Sunday? You know, um, it's a Sunday, uh, just like any other day. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of things have been changing for me. I'm kind of a, in the middle of a career change, so I don't really have a 9 to 5 anymore. Um, and so... It's kind of like just been going with the flow and figuring out what works for me and what doesn't work for me and, you know, trying to make decisions on how I can be more self-employed and and looking at other options where I have more freedom to be uh, me and uh, been working the nine to five for a long time and trying to figure out that dynamic because you get so used to that schedule of the wake up, go to work wake up, go to work, you have your weekend, and then you, know, you start all over again on Monday. So trying to get back into a rhythm where, you know, it works for me. Um, so, and with the ADHD brain, it doesn't really help when you don't have the structure involved. So you have to kind of make your own structure. So that's been a little bit of a dynamic. So I've almost been out of uh, work for uh, almost three weeks now. I've been doing DoorDash things here and there to make some money to pay bills and things like that so it's been interesting to uh shift that dynamic and that thinking um but yeah so that's been me recently and I guess that to answer the question about how's my Sunday that's how my Sunday is going (laughs) it's trying to figure out a rhythm of things and what is a Sunday now like what really is Sunday (laughs) you know well you know what a Sunday is not for you anymore Oh yeah, the Sunday blues. Sunday don't blues. Don't worry about the Sunday blues anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Silver lining. <laughs> hey, um, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the, you know, the the typical, you know, nine to five is inherently bad, but I think you know, there's this idea sold that like that's the only job that you need to have it's full time you have benefits all these kind of things when you don't have to live within those certain boundaries when it comes to work or your income how you provide for yourself it, it doesn't have to look like that it can look like you know contract work um it can look like <laughs> you know, working uh, somewhere for a summer and saving up money for the next thing, you know, whatever, like it doesn't always have to look like that nine, you have to work a nine to five with full time and benefits. Um, sure. That's again, it's, it, I don't think that's, it's inherently bad, but there are ways beyond just that structure of when it comes to work and job and, making a living um so more power yeah Yeah, i mean like that a big important thing that if you're not doing this then your worth or your contribute contributing to society your contribution to society is not it's less than someone who has a nine to five putting in the hours and making an impact in some way you know for me it's just 
I've done this so long. I've done a particular field for so long, and I've been working the nine to five so long. Um, I found that I didn't have a lot of opportunities to do the things that I was passionate about and didn't have a lot of the opportunities to uh, give back in the way that I wanted to uh, because a nine to five is very hard to uh, schedule around things like volunteering, uh, being at, involved in protests and being involved in other people's lives in a meaningful way to me that's not attached to an income, that I, it's always attached to that that income of like I'm helping someone or, or, you know, that here's the requirements. It's not so much me giving back in a, for me, a, a genuine way where I'm giving back in, in, in those ways, if that makes sense. So for me, being able to do the non-traditional work allows me to be more involved in the community um, and allows me to be more flexible and uh, be involved in things that I am passionate about. So for me, nine to five always became so, uh, uh, it was a conflict between those those things. And, um, you know, I'm just at the point in my life now where I feel like I want to have that freedom to do those things and have more freedom to uh, plan out my schedule the way that I feel like is best and what is uh, productive and things like that. So, yeah. I say more power to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, and it's definitely a, it's definitely a cultural thing, you know, for sure. Like the thing I did of the, you have to have a nine to five with benefits and like, you know, um, but it is definitely the easier option. It is. Uh, when, now that I'm finding the gig work and things like that, it can be a little bit more of a dynamic to juggle. Um, that you're not, you don't have this set, like, oh, I'm, I'm making this much money today. Like, you could do your budgeting a little more standardized, and you could, you know, the traditional model of budgeting, you could do that. Now it's kind of like, it, it's kind of up in the air of like, okay, well, this is, so that there is a perk to definitely working a nine to five in the sense that you do have that comfort and that reassurance that you know money is coming in when it's coming in and you're receiving those benefits and they're coming in when they're coming in so definitely a dynamic shift and those are one of the perks of of the of the nine to five a little bit more a uh, little easier to juggle that um that i'm finding <laughs> in the whole non-traditional work uh work lifestyle so yeah yeah, the 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 worries about you know secure income, a whole another conversation for another time. I mean the the pitfalls of capitalism sometimes. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people are making this decision. It's it's yeah. I've been able in the past. Uh, I think I've been thinking about this for a really long time, and um, over the past year, I think, and just hearing stories of other people who've made the plunge, and then after the pandemic, I feel like people shifted their perspective and they had time to think and they had time to uh, write out their plans and their dreams. They had time to spend time with family. They had never been able to with a nine to five. And you'd be surprised at how many people who've worked for years in traditional nine to five have made the transition in the recent year or two to self-employment and gig work and starting their own business. And they're, their 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 perspectives are positive like all of them have said like it's the best decision that i ever made and i've um, been involved in a community that i thought i'd never be a fault in because i work in the nine to five and not being able to resonate and and be able to relate in that way but it's it's it is a definite shift in the job market right now and that a lot of people are making this this conscious decision to step out of the nine to five and the traditional working models and do it and so uh, that's where I got my encouragement from, like TikTok and YouTube and all these people making these transitions and learning how to balance that. So it's been, haven't been alone in it. I feel like I've been, you know, kind of a part of other people's journey that have, have made that, that I don't really know. I see across the screen, but like hearing that really motivated me to take the steps um, that I felt like were right for me um, in the time, in that moment. So nice, nice. All right. Well, um, we we haven't got a a moment to do this. Um, just the past few months, I mean, just have been incredibly busy, and we have not got a moment to sit down and have this conversation yet. So, just doing some sort of 
a little bit of reflection on um, you know previous episodes, specifically you know the one with Noah and Hannah, and then the one with Alex, which I know in that one you resonated with in a lot of ways, Kyle. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Um, but starting out, man, I just I think it was beautiful and amazing to have. And somebody that has journeyed with us in so many ways to have Hannah on the podcast and be able to share that perspective that she has and where she's at now and having been a part of that journey um, and then giving that opportunity and that platform to for her to share what we already knew for the most part with our listeners, I, I think was just a a beautiful thing to me um and and then just noah is just i mean he's just a beautiful soul like he is a beautiful human um that that loves people well i mean the the first conversation that we had with noah kyle um at the event in chattanooga where we met him with the new evangelicals Man, and and we we had a conversation about it, like afterwards, about specifically having that conversation and that connection with Noah, just just feeling that camaraderie with him, just feeling that, like this is the first time meeting you in person, but this just feels so safe and normal, and feels like we're just friends, you know. Um, so that that's my like initial thoughts of the people and like you know, just how I think overall of, of the guests in that episode. What are have any thoughts on that? Noah and Hannah and her journey and her being able to share that here. Yeah. Yeah, well, I resonate with a lot of that stuff. I think that when I first met Noah, um, I actually started talking to him when you, I think you were across the room having another conversation. It just came in and it just happened so organically. And, um he he is definitely has that 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 he resonates when you meet him it is a definite uh it clicks immediately like that that soul that beautiful soul thing and um had an opportunity to meet someone that we thought we'd never meet before a different walk of life and maybe similar backgrounds and things like that and then all of a sudden we started doing a podcast together so i thought that was really cool and shout out to noah if he's listening he may or may not be listening, but I thought it was a great episode, and we're looking forward to hanging out with uh, Noah at some point, going back to Philly and and uh, revisiting that area, and then hanging out with him a little bit, um, and then just seeing Hannah's story. Um, Hannah, uh, Jonathan, me, Hannah have been friends since college, um, and just seeing her journey and knowing from the beginning, seeing, and we all share this journey, and we we know where we were at. Um, on a, on a philosophical, theological perspective back then, and then journeying into this almost decade span of our friendship and uh, learning and unlearning things, seeing those uh, that evolution that we all have have one a one time or another been on, and then where we are now. So it was really nice. It was beautiful to see how that has changed for Hannah. Uh, from from that world we were in to, to now and me and Hannah went were in a lot of theological classes together so that was what was interesting and and knowing what she believed back then and and what she was you know where she was back then and then coming out and sharing her story and being uh, proud about that and, and, and in the sense of being where she is now and and reflecting on that and being feeling more liberated I think that was the, the resonating factor in that particular episode was that there's liberation on the other side. Uh, deconstruction, the word that people may or may not like, but we still kind of use it and we throw it around interchangeably. Uh, but uh, knowing that and knowing where she was at uh, with that, uh, it was really awesome to see how we come out on the other side of that. It, it may be hard. We may, Me and you, Jonathan, have been through a lot of heartache and a lot of grief and a lot of pain to unpack those things and and deal with the religious trauma and relive that trauma 
but at the other end there was liberation and we don't see ourselves going back to that we see ourselves now moving forward and having more of a i guess a silver lining that there is there is something bigger out there that that we we weren't aware of in that kind of closed off space so you could not come out of that 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 sphere that bubble these are the things you have to hold these are the things that you have to believe and then breaking out of that bubble and saying wow there's so much more in the world. There's so much more complexities. There's so much unknowns. There's so much mystery that we don't understand when we're in that particular, for us, when we were in that bubble. And so I think it was really cool to see how we all similarly, but we had different backgrounds and different experiences. It was awesome to see this unifying thing that is liberation, you know? So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, that's good. Like, I mean, that's precisely why I titled that episode predestined for liberation uh, because we, we, you know, we were having a conversation specifically about their journeys and coming out of that Calvinistic reformed predestination, you know, kind of mode of evangelicalism out of that, you know, um, I mean, and, and when I, when I look at, you know, whatever, whatever, name you want to put on it the divine god you know whatever if anything if if predestination were actually true the only thing that i can see at this point is truly that is it like humans were predestined for liberation for freedom for wholeness you know and I think it's, it, I mean, I think people's stories like Noah's and Hannah's is proof of that, you know, that there is liberation out of these strict fundamentalist um, ways of being boxed in and thinking and looking at everybody else and think, Oh, your perspective is wrong intellectually, and I I just think that that's a that's that's just a, such a not necessarily broken, but but a not not a holistic way to live uh, because you mentioned it complexity when it comes to human beings way more complex than you know, the intellectual things. And so, yeah, I, I loved, you know, having them all in here and their perspective of coming out of that super intellectual tradition and thinking any anybody else's perspective is wrong intellectually and then saying, oh, no, I'm actually going to choose love now, you know. And so I thought that was beautiful. Um, any other thoughts? Any other thoughts on that one? I think it was a great episode. That's all I yeah. can say. I think it was one of our, one of our. Besides, we have a lot of good episodes, but I feel like I don't know. There was something uh, different about that episode that I feel like um, resonated with me, and I hope it resonated with you all as well, the listeners. So, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, I know that you yourself is, has shared, you know, some of your own struggles with. ADHD Kyle and living with that and navigating that and we had after that episode with with um Hannah Noah we had Alex wait um and shout out to Alex um go check out his podcast his, his is fantastic he is dynamic voices diverse voices talking about social justice and inclusion and love and, and just some really great things um, so go check out the Ethics Podcast. Um, I'll make sure to link that down below so y'all have easy access to that. But go check out his podcast. Um, it's really good. But we had him on um, and talked about, you know, navigating a neurotypical world living with ADHD. And he shared some of his his own struggles and journey and um his own perspective with that. One thing that resonated with me in that, and then I want to hear your thoughts, Kyle, is 
just his 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 shift from there's something broken what's wrong with me i remember him specifically um i I think he i think he was talking about his journey in college and struggling in classes that that, that's what it was and then him asking this himself like there's something wrong with me you know like why can't i be successful um and then as he continued to share his his own journey in that episode that that shift to there's actually nothing wrong with me. This is simply just part of who I am. Yes, there are going to be supports and things that I need to navigate life well, like medicine and therapy and things that he mentioned. But I, I love like hearing people's stories of those shifts from there's something broken about me, there's something wrong with me, to... This is just part of who I am as a human being. Again, that complexity um, of being human. But I've learned to love myself. You know, um, whether it be, you know, living with um, a disability or um, neurodiversity or um lgbtq etc like that that shift into this is simply just part of me as a human being and i'm going to need supports and things but i i've grown and moved into i i accept and love myself for who i am right like so i loved hearing that shift in his journey um going from what's wrong with me why why can't i just do good in school to you know um, actually know, you know, what's, what's going on, um, moving into, like, I accept and love myself. Yeah. So that, that really stood out and resonated with me. Um, I love hearing, again, those stories and those shifts in, in people's walks. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? What resonated with you as a, again, a, a person that has shared your own struggles with, you know, ADHD and navigating that? Yeah, for sure. Well, again, that episode would have been one that would resonate with me because uh, I think Alex and I uh, definitely uh, share similar stories as far as our struggle, uh, the the the, uh, the dynamics of uh, living with ADHD and navigating the rest of the world that you know lifts up you know neurotypical people. Um, and this is the standard, and this is what you have to meet by. Even though we might have had different experiences along the way, that one may, that one main thread is, you know, that you said is like something's wrong with me, and I have to catch up with everybody else. Like something I don't fit in at all. There's something that uh, that doesn't resonate with the rest of the world. That you know, kind of makes the structure of the this is the way, this is the neurotypical way of doing things. And so, I mean, for me growing up. Uh, and I shared a little bit about this in, in the podcast, but just to review is that um, when I was in school, uh, it was in the 90s, and so early 90s, and a lot of educators didn't really understand the dynamic of uh, neurodiversity. Um, brain, like, studies were just starting to, to like, in the, in the first beginning stages and trials of, like, mapping brain patterns understanding differences in brain chemistries you know like that was that was the beginning era of like what we know now as you know neurobiology and physiology um and learning more about that i mean even in the in the field uh especially when it comes to therapy mental health uh that's a big proponent now um that they are big into and in, in research now is the neurobiology and how the brain works and neuropathways and brain chemistry differences and all that stuff. So that was just starting when I was in elementary school. So the sometimes I would get um, ostracized a little bit um, and uh, teachers and uh, administrators and educators not 
doing it. I don't believe they were doing it deliberately, but they, they did not understand and thought I was just a problem child or I had behavioral issues or uh, they didn't have time for me and things like that. But there were teachers who came alongside me and were patient and wanted and listened to my experience. And out of that, those teachers and those professionals got me through the process of navigating the differences and and how my brain responds to everyday life and how the rest of the world is different. You get what I'm saying? And, and not yeah. quite understanding that. And so it just took the time of an individual to, to peer into my story and hear my experience and be there for me, be patient um, and not look at me as the problem. It's just that, hey, you, right now where you're at, we're going to help you fit where you where you where you fit you fit you know and so uh that was that was a big thing and so as years have gone on you know talks of um in the last decade to 20 years we have definitely made leaps and strides in acknowledging neurodiversity and understanding that not everyone communicates the same way not everyone thinks the same way um that you would that you would believe from a western colonialist view of this is how this is the process that everyone should take and everyone should be successful with this process so i am i am very proud that we have made those leaps and bounds although that we do have a lot more work to do obviously as a society to uh, better integrate people who are uh, neurodiverse and so i think it's really cool to see his story and how that kind of connected with mine in some way so yeah yeah, something that you just mentioned that, you know, was, you know, a big part of his journey. Um, you know, you mentioned the the processes that should be easy for everybody. And this is just standard, like how you do it. Like, and he was just sharing about, you know, um, getting a therapist and like scheduling an appointment and like, you know, just ways that it didn't work for him. You know, and um, him eventually journeying to finding that process that works for him. Um, but like breaking down these these binaries of, uh, like you said, Kyle, like there's these standards that everybody should be able to do. Like this is just how it's done. But realizing that not every it's not going to work for everybody. Everybody doesn't communicate the same. Or um, a process this easy for one person may be overwhelming for somebody else. And so we have to shift things and, you know, around a little bit um, or change the process completely. And that's okay because, again, not everybody communicates the same. Not everybody is neurotypical, right? Like, and so I think that's a good point of. Let's 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 think about the standards that you know we everybody needs to adhere to. Let's, let's work on making some room. You know, shift being comfortable with change and shifting things around, shifting processes around. And so I think that's a good point um, to bring out. And I think it's important that you know, and I think I've had a couple of these conversations on our podcast, but you know, when we look at our society and we start looking at things from a uh, different perspective than the standard of this is this is the way <laughs> this is how you're supposed to do it is is learning and understanding equity and what that looks like and that you know some people might need, need a little bit more and that's okay um, I'm more than happy to give my time and resources to to everyone who may not fit in the same box that I do um, and giving them that uh, that standard of you know you they might need more and to to be able to um, when we talk about uh, disability rights and uh, advocacy, you know, it's that equity that there are some people who might need more supports than others, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that they can't live a fruitful and independent life, that there just might be things that they may need uh, uh, kind of someone to walk alongside them and, and guide and navigate some of those things, and that's okay. And then we talk about on the other side of that, that that's the starting, you know, the starting point is, is understanding there's got to be equity, but at the end of the day, we have to understand the liberation factor too. Like, why do we need those particular 
barriers. Um, why do we? Why are those barriers so difficult for people to overcome? Well, when we take away those barriers, that's liberation. And so that's the starting point of understanding, you know, hey, some of us need more and that's okay. And not everybody fits in the same box. But then on the other side of that, how do we make it to where everyone can be included um, in a society? You know, how can we all be included in that? And, you know, so. Yeah, perfectly said. All right. Any other thoughts on that episode with Alex and you reflecting on that? I think that uh, we said a lot of what what we we felt yeah. like uh, resonated with us for sure. Yeah. All right. To kind of um, you know round this out, um, land this plane. So the the last episode that I I did before, you know, we took a a break, you know, for wedding and honeymoon and all that. I just kind of reflected myself on uh, the idea of of progressing and changing and evolving. Um, you mentioned it, you know, a few minutes ago, Kyle. We're we're not going back to anything. We're we're wanting to progress and move forward and continue to evolve and change um, because as humans, like that should be natural, right? Like we. I don't think we're meant to just say stagnant. Mm-hmm. We're meant to progress and evolve and change. Um, you know, I, I, I share a little bit on that episode about my own journey and like of the journey being hard and there being difficult moments. And uh, But once you move past certain points, there still may be moments absolutely of um, things you still have to work through or uh, difficulty navigating from one thing to the next. But there, I, I've learned in my own journey that there is a, a sense of you can breathe once you reach a certain point. I'll, I'll give this example. So I am, you know, somebody that considers themselves somebody that that still wants to, because I love the teachings of Jesus. I I I still want to personally, like the best that I can, like follow the teachings of love and, um, you know, caring for the least of these and all those good, right, and true teachings right as as somebody personally that you know that still wants to looks very different now but still wants to you know do my best to follow the person of Jesus once I learned in my journey that the people that I grew up learning from uh, or the fundamentalists, um, even, I mean, still a lot of mainstream evangelicals, when I learned that they don't have the corner on, you know, orthodox or biblical or even Christianity, that they don't have the corner market on what is truth when it comes to any of that, then I... T- came to realize there there's so much more depth and, and beauty and so many differing perspectives on so many things that are much more life-giving. Then I came to a point where I was able to breathe, you know. But it, it again, hard, difficult journey. We we've talked about me and you call a lot of um you know, some of our own journey and heaviness with this of whatever you want to call it, deconstructing, disentangling, you know, what whatever label you want to throw on that. Um, but even though hard, heavy, you, you got to work through and wrestle through some things. Once you reach a point that you say, hey, oh, 
nobody else defines my journey. Nobody else defines, for my own example, how I navigate the word Christianity. Nobody else defines that for me, right? Um, and so when, when I go look, you know, on Twitter, for example, and I see um, the boundaries drawn about fill in the blank, whatever the conversation is, social justice, LGBTQ, whatever, by fundamentalists or, you know, pretty conservative evangelicals, I, I I don't get nearly as like, you know, triggered or like existentially in my head thinking about whatever I'm reading, you know, it's more of a point for me now where it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but you don't define my journey, right? You don't have the market on objective truth so i have the autonomy and freedom to define what my journey looks like so what are your thoughts kyle on progressing and changing and that idea of hitting those points of oh it 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 there again there there may be things that you, you need to still kind of think through and work through and navigate. But it's finally this point where you can breathe. There's room that you are now defining your journey. Yeah. Well, I agree. Uh, the one point you made where you said that nobody gets to define my journey. And I think that that's pretty important, uh, very important, uh, because we all have different experiences. We all have navigated different things. They might have similar threads that run throughout, but uh, we all experience different things. We all experience different traumas, different uh, things in life that we've had to navigate. And so I think that just understanding within yourself that, you know, this is my journey and no one gets to define it. Um, I think for me, I growing up, and I think for a lot of us who grew up in the evangelical space, people pleasing was a very big, big thing that we would always fall into. And so for me, people pleasing was one of those things. It's like, well, you know, what do you think? And like, you know, what is, you know, like wanting other people, getting that affirmation from other people that, okay, I'm doing the right thing. And the right thing was usually interconnected with that standard that we talk about that this is the way, this is the bubble. And there's nowhere, as long as you stay within these confines within that community, you're good. That's great. Yeah. You know, but once you start stepping out of those boundaries of that bubble, that's when things get a little bit more complex. And the people in those communities that we were a part of would say, no, don't do that. That's this or that or this or that. That's no, that's bad. You know, or they would use the whole phrase of like, did you pray about it? Did, did, did you feel as though that God, you know, is this the thing that God wants you to do? Like, I get it a lot still from, you know, some people that I'm still connected with in that community um, that are not quite, uh, have not quite transitioned or, or like us or that not saying them and us, but they're on a different, uh, different belief system now than we can honestly say that different belief systems than we are now. Um, and it's always like, well, is it something that God wants for you? And, you know, that God purpose and that, you know, pray about it. And, you know, God's gonna, you know, this, this, all these things were those, if it's outside of those those binaries, that's what usually the, will be the natural default for people who are in the conservative space. It's the natural default. Did God, is it God's purpose for your life? And did you pray about it? Those are the resonating factors that I think I still hear to this day. And um, we've talked about it a little bit. It's like not being that, that what that builds up within you, it builds up this sense of not being able to trust yourself and that everything, every thought, everything that you do is bad. Or generally, oh, I can't trust myself to make these decisions on my own because some other person outside of myself or deity or whatever you want to call it is dictating those moves. And this is what I have to do to do those. So I think that core of what you said is that my journey is my journey. And I should be able to hold that and I have a right to that. And I believe yeah. that's a, a very important uh, cornerstone to that idea is that this is my journey. And yeah. no one gets to define it. As long as you're not, uh, you know, 
harming yourself or others, the way you live your life and what you believe, that should be up to you. And that's okay for you. And I feel like uh, even if people don't agree with it, as your friends or your community, they should still be able to be in your corner and be like, hey, we support you and who you are and the decisions that you're making uh, because they're right for you. And I think that that's a, a dynamic shift of growing, I think, that we need to do within communities. And I think we all have our natural leans. I think when you're in a certain tribe of people, you have these specific principles or ethics that you live by. And that's understandable. But we don't, as humans, we don't fit into those um, society does have those and we are a part of society so we live with those even if we may agree or disagree with those but I think a, a root cause of that is that people please are in us we want to make sure that oh well, is this the right way is this going to be accepted in my community and things like that so um, moving forward I'd say you know where I'm at now and I think that we've talked about this a lot in, in different ways but you know, we, we do, I do feel a sense of that. I don't have to have those trappings anymore of, um, there's still leanings. I still feel like I lean that way sometimes because you try to, it's that natural leaner that just wiring in you that you're still trying to get used to and still trying to break, break away uh, from those wirings and wanting to lean to the people pleaser or do what's right in my community or my tribe. Um, but for the most part, stepping out of that and being able to say, Hey, this is my journey. This is who I am, and there's. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of where I've come, and the decisions that I'm making are beneficial for me, you know, and my family or my social group or things like that. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that that's a great point with like the idea of like progressing or evolving or changing, especially out of something that is is or was um, uh, toxic or fear-mongering or abusive, anything like that, um, or, or just didn't allow you to live holistically. Um, I think um, an important like thing to think about is... I think an important thing to think about is what you said is, is this good for me? Does it allow me to live holistically? Um, is it good for my mental health? I think those are the important questions that we should be asking as flesh and blood human beings. Is this good for me? Is this healthy for me, for my mental health, uh, for my physical health, for my relational health? I think those are more important questions that we should be asking ourselves in in this journey of progressing and evolving and changing. Um, not necessarily do I fit a binary or this, you know, strict societal standard, um, but is this going to lead to wholeness and flourishing and help for me? Right. Like I so I think that's a great point. Uh, that you brought out in in this journey of progressing and changing, and I'll I'll say this something I thought about when um, you talked about praying about things. I I mean I myself I still enjoy like a good like you know meditative or contemplative you know kind of prayer like it just calms me like it just kind of grounds me. Um, I I do enjoy those, but like. I don't know who's listening to this, but I, I mean, I, at this point, like, I haven't prayed about my decisions for a while, like, you know, and I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm doing fine. Like, you know, and, and that's not to say anybody that feels the need to pray about a decision is wrong or bad. Like, if that's, if that's good and right for you, then do that. Right, but for me, like I've in this my own journey of progressing and evolving and changing, like I finally reached the point that like I just need to make a decision. Hmm. You know, like there there are questions that we need to weigh with that decision, right? Is is this is this a good decision? Is this gonna harm me? Is this gonna harm somebody else? Um those kind of things. 
you know, I think we need to be wise with making decisions, all right? But so I've reached a point where, like, I, I just need to ask those good questions and make a decision, right? Like, I don't feel the need to pray about this thing and receive a divine a divine yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's that's freed my life up so much to not be stuck in that and and that used to give me so much anxiety like about praying about it receiving yes or no even if I felt like I heard a yes from God um still like some anxiousness was that just me like my mind telling me yes or was that actually God like and so that is just freed in my own journey that's just freed me up so much you know, it can be debilitating to have that internal struggle with yourself that you know what's right for you and you're pretty clear on your decision, but you're anxious because there's supposed to be this outside force that's supposed to make the decision for you. And again, like Jonathan said, if that if that resonates with you, that's fine. But for us, we've just come to a place where that has given us more anxiety um, and more uh, hangups than not just taking the plunge. Like now in my life, I'm just like, you know, if there's a decision I need to make, I do weigh out the pros and cons. But I'm like, if there's more benefits than there are cons, then I just say, hey, take the plunge, make take risks. You know, like there, there, life is too. And I know you hear this cliche thrown around, but life is short. I mean, we're me and Jonathan. It feels like yesterday we were processing through these things, but now we're in our 30s and it's like, you know, enjoy the time you have while you have it because it's not, it's, it's really not, it's a, it it really is a very short, when you think about, wow, a lot can happen in a decade of me and Jonathan over a decade that me and Jonathan have known each other, a lot can happen. But at the same time, you look back and you're like, wow, that was like, where did the time go? And it felt like it was just yesterday, you know? Um, and so just, you know, being in that space and being, okay, take the plunge, you know, take like where I'm at, you know, not saying everybody has to do this, but I just, you know, I debated it for a really long time of stepping out of the current, you know, career that I was in or taking a step out and, and being my own uh, boss in a sense. Um, just take the leap, you know, I'll learn something, even if there's, there's a lot of more cons that come down the road I'll learn a lot about myself and what I want and who I want to be and who I'm becoming um and so yeah 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 that's good yeah I just reached a point where I'm like I want to you know I just turned um 32 was that my last birthday yes. I can't. 32 okay <laughs> I you know like the, the the older you get, like when a birthday passes, you're like, "How old did I just turn?" Like right. thirty two. You know, I, I'm not to the halfway point in my life, but I've realized I I want to start living before I get to the halfway point. God, I want to start living in in whole self living and um e- e- even in my own decision to to still um, you know identify somebody that wants to follow Jesus follow him holistically as a whole human being that can be healthy and whole um, and just I think that's a much better way to do it and then again just 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 as a human like I I, I want to be more more holistic in the way I will live my life uh, when it comes to myself, um, so it's like better, better start shedding some of these things now. Yep. So, all right. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and end this out? I think we we covered a lot of a lot of ground. A lot of a lot of a lot of episodes. A lot of life has happened in that episode. In those episodes. <laughs> You yeah, know, for you and for me, um, you yeah. got married, uh, went on your honeymoon to Vancouver and the Pacific Northwest, and that was a lot. And then you came back, and then you had a birthday, and then you know a lot of things have happened in that short amount of time that we haven't really had a 
a catch up or an episode where we're both on on the air, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in a while, um, so yeah, I think a lot of life has happened in that in that short amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And last thing before we end, um, we're gonna have at some point. Um, I gotta uh, reach out, and I'm not gonna uh, spoil the the guest. Um, I'll just wait for that episode to drop. Um, but we're having a guest that you know has confirmed with me about coming on the podcast. But he is a. I'll, I'll give this this little little bit, and I said he's a hospital chaplain in Florida, and he wrote a book all about grief. And you know, very much so integrates a lot of like his work as a hospital chaplain in his conversations about uh, grief. And so uh, some points in the next couple of months, we're going to have him on um, because I really think this the conversation of grief intersects well with the idea of not only grief of um, like sickness or death, which we will talk about obviously, but also the the grief of of um, shedding old things, the grief of changing and progressing. Like there, there's grief mixed in there, and so um, super excited about that episode, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So. All right, guys. Well, hope you all um, enjoy um, y'all's next uh, few weeks before y'all hear from us again. Um, as always, if you guys enjoy this podcast, um, leave us um, a review. Let us know what you think. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Pour Over Podcast. See ya. Oh,